0: Hello, guys, and welcome back to the Limitless podcast. I will now be recording episode number two. Now, I did actually record this episode um, last week, but I put some questions on my question box on my instagram story, and unfortunately, some more questions came in after I've recorded the podcast, so in future I'm going to be asking the questions I think quite a few days before I start recording so it gives everyone the chance to get the questions in. So, in today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about competing. Now, obviously, it is such a broad subject. We could go down many different avenues, um, but we're going to base it around the the Q and As I've been given, um, or the questions that I've been given. I'm going to answer all the questions that I've been given, and then I'm going to go into sort of competing and what to expect, and the extremities of it, and what you're going to go through, and you know, all different categories and stuff like that. So I want to keep this quite short and sweet. Um, but I hopefully this this podcast will give you guys an insight um, into competing. And if you're sort of on the fence, hopefully that will help you decide whether you go down that path or not. So let's start off with the questions. I made like a little uh, folder my, um, on my iPhone. So let's start off with question number one, which is... Doo-doo-doo. Here we go. Post show emotions slash goal setting. So when you come off stage, you've had you know a huge hype around that day. You've been in prep for, let's say, 16 to 20 weeks. Every single day has had a purpose. Um, you're checking with your coach. It's all so exciting. You're getting lean. All these amazing things, God, tongue-tied, amazing things are happening Okay, to your body. Um, and then show day is over, and honestly, it's just this down feeling, even if you've won, you know, the next day or the week after, you might just be feeling really low. Um, and that's basically post-show blues kicking in. So I'm talking from experience here, goal setting moving forwards from that show, you need to be thinking about or planning ahead. So, you know, what do I need to improve? Um, where are my weak areas? When am I next competing? How long is my off season going to be? And then instead of making your goals aesthetically based, focus on performance. So, you know, you've been looking at yourself every single day in the mirror, you've been, you've been jumping on the scales, you know, it does get a little bit unhealthy. And it is important to, you know, step back from just how you look and focus on performance. Um, Because believe you and me, your performance through prep drops, you know, you end up being really strong at the beginning and then end up at the end just feeling weak and feeble, actually, which is is not great. So, yeah, I would say, you know, get plans in place straight away, know exactly what you're doing um, and then focus on the performance goals. So setting an RDL, PB or PR, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know those kind of things, and just look to getting really, really strong and improving upon your physique for the next time around. Okay, question number two: Have you got any show day rituals? So, obviously, when you go backstage, um, before you go on stage, you pump up. Now, <laughs> I'm a bit weird. I so as I'm pumping up, I do 16 reps of everything. Don't ask me why the the number 16 is just a random number that it was just, just stuck in my head. Um, so I do sixteen reps for everything. I know I'm quite a strange character. Um, and I don't have any reasons behind that. I like even numbers more than odd numbers. Um, but number sixteen, I don't know why I chose that. It's just stuck with me. Um and backstage as well, like I'm quite focused, like I don't really I talk to people, like I'm not horrible, I'm not rude, but I quite like to sort of stay in my own zone just to keep myself focused. But um that's going on a bit of a tangent now. Um where to start? I wasn't quite sure what this person asked actually. I think they're basically saying, um, do you get a coach and build first to see what you achieve, what you can achieve before considering stage? Okay, yeah. So um before so you need to obviously see where your physique is lying, and if you do hire a coach, this is what they do for you. They they look at you and they decide um if you're ready, they decide what category you sort of fit into and also your weaker areas and where you need to improve upon. Um, So yeah, so it's really important to kind of know where your start point is and then work from there. And you need to be honest with yourself. I always think it's a good idea to work with a coach through an off season. So, so, so through an improvement season prior to going into a prep phase, you then, well, the coach then gets to know your body, Um, and how you work and how your mindset is and stuff like that. And you get to build that really good coach-client relationship because when you come to prep, that's really, really important. Um, So I hope that's answered that question um, okay. Um, An idea of costs: figuring out if you can afford to prep, compete. I should have done some calculations before this podcast. (laughs) But, so, obviously competing... Where well, it might have, might be obvious to some of you, but competing on the show day, the actual day itself, um, costs a lot of money. So let's get my calculator out. So, let's say your hotel for two nights or a night. Let's say you're looking at two hundred. Okay, your bikini. Um, if you're sponsored which I am, and I'm quite grateful for that. And I'm very grateful for that. So my bikini doesn't cost me that much money, but normally a good bikini would cost you anything between three to 400 pounds. So let's say 350. Um, on, your, on the show day, you have a tan done. So I always get my tan done for the tanning people at the show because they're very in tune with the timings. So I think that's about 60 pounds. Then hair and makeup, they're about 40 pounds each, so 80 um and then you've got your show day entry which off the top of my head i think it's really bad i can't even remember this for pca i think it was like 30 pounds or 50 pounds let's go for 40 to be safe i can't even remember that's so bad of me isn't it so we're already at 730 pounds and that's for one show day now on top of that you've got to think of your gym membership um which basically everyone has regardless of you know whether you compete or not um but then you know you're going to be doing having a coach so say you had a coach let's say roughly they were 150 pounds um for a year so that's we're now at 2,530 and that's only with a year coaching and that's only with one day at a show so yeah you're looking a good few grand a year, especially if you're going to be doing multiple shows across the year, which a lot of people do some federations like the IFBB are way more expensive than for example, PCA um, and other federations. So yeah, you're looking at, a, I think an entry fee of like a hundred pounds. Um, so yes, you do need some money put aside for coach um, for, for competing. It isn't cheap, but it is cheaper than a lot of sports. Um, you know, like, racing cars, whatever, they're expensive. Horses, I used to ride horses, they're absolutely extortionate. That wouldn't even cover like a horse. You know, you'd have to be spending thousands and thousands on a horse. It was just, it was absolutely nuts. So yeah, in comparison to most sports, it isn't actually as expensive, but you still need to have those savings. Um, Finding a coach. There are so many, um, but they're just good at marketing. Do you have to try and see how they work? So when looking for a coach um they need to obviously have results themselves they need to have gone through a process themselves so whether they've got lean for a shoot or they've competed um it would be good if they have competed because they kind of know the process you you know they need to have a good understanding and education um I wouldn't get so caught up in going for people with huge huge followings you know, you still can have some amazing coaches that don't have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers. You know, there's some amazing coaches in the UK that have got like 3,000 followers. Um, but just like look through their page, maybe talk to some people, get a good feel of them. Maybe just jump on, a, jump on a consult call with them. That's what I do with people. We jump on a call for about 30 minutes. We discuss their goals. You know, we get to know each other because um, you've got to, like I said before, you've got to get along with them. You know, they can be the best coach in the UK, but if you don't get along with them, the Relationship is just going to break down, and the coaching process isn't going to be optimal, okay. Um, sorry for all the questions. Saw you at Body Power a few years ago, and your physique was by far the best. Oh, thank you so much. That must have been in like 2017 potentially. Um, but thank you so much for that to compliment who for that was. Oh, Danielle, thank you so much, Danielle. Um, how do you deal with other people that don't understand our sport and what we do? So first of all, I think it's quite important to note that not everyone is going to understand bodybuilding. It's very extreme. Think of all the things we do. Think of the training that we do. Think of the food plan that we follow. Think of the calories that we consume. Think of all the things that we do in bodybuilding that isn't deemed to be normal. And it's not like when you step back and you sort of look at it from the outside, you do realize that it is quite a crazy sport for crazy people. (laughs) No, joking. But you know, it, it, it is extreme. Now, the people that need to, you need to sort of make aware of this, are the people that are around you, so your friends and your family, just sort of sit them down and tell them what to expect um, and explain to them why you're doing it and just say, look, you don't need to understand. All I need is your support. That's all, you know, that's all That's all you need is capacitor is support from people around you. So don't stress too much about making people understand because they probably won't understand. You know, it, like I said, it, it's just so extreme what we do. Especially when we enter that prep phase you know all those steps that we do all the cardio that we do you know and then we strip off down into a bikini or into trunks or pants or whatever and put on some orange tan It, it is nuts it's a crazy sport it's weird but it's amazing so yeah don't get too caught up in you know like trying to make people understand because they're not going to understand until they've gone through it um so yeah i hope that answers your question but just don't don't you know worry Sophie about what people think of you. You need to sort of switch off from that because you're not going to please everyone in the world. not everyone's going to like you. you know you do you as long as you're happy, then that's what you can ask for um, right next question Would the stairmaster during prep slash cardio give you better results than the cross trainer? no um in fact, with the stairmaster, you do need to be careful that it doesn't fatigue your legs too much um the stairmaster can be quite taxing on your lower body so closer to show it's probably quite good to take it out and go for something like a cross trainer but calorie wise and like burning fat wise cardio is cardio whatever one you enjoy if you're enjoying doing the cardio you're going to probably put more, like more effort in therefore burn more calories but actually like if you put them together like like uh, side by side, sorry. There's not one that's better than the other. It just is your personal opinion and what you prefer. Um, cardio is cardio, but yeah, just be careful about putting it too close to, um, sorry, the stairmaster, too too close to leg days, and also too close to show because it can cause inflammation of the lower body, which we don't want when we're stepping on stage. Advice to first time competitors: Right, don't this is a this this might come across I don't want it to come across in a bad way, but don't expect to win your first show. Um, obviously, be positive and be confident, but don't be disappointed if you don't win your first show you know i didn't when win my first show, I didn't win my second year of competing. Um, And then I won the the third year. So it does take time. Um, Obviously, you know, you've got to be used to being on stage. You've got to be used to posing. You know, it's always a work in progress. So never put pressure on yourself to win on your first show. Enjoy the day. Just go and enjoy it. Smile on stage. Just suck in every single moment um you know it's just the most amazing experience and just try and make it nice and relaxed don't listen to people around you focus on you and just enjoy the day um make sure that you get feedback as well so you know what to work on with like for anyone really like you know what to work on for the off season um but yeah, just honestly enjoy it, but make sure as well that you do have a coach, try not to enter the bodybuilding world, having not, well, not having any support or coach behind you, because it will be hard for you to sort of judge your physique. Uh, some people can do it, but I personally wouldn't, I all. not you know, I've always had a coach to, to prep me. Um, but yeah, most of all, enjoy it, chick. Like it's your day. You've worked hard for that, you know? Um, and then you're only going to get better from, from that. So, so yeah. Um, how do you know what class to pick so this is a very good question i when i first started to compete or was thinking about competing i went to a posing coach i went to helen from the uk bff helen panther um and i thought i was doing bikini i went for a posing session with her she took one look at me and said no you are not doing bikini um you are going to have to go into body fitness, which was the sort of figure category. Um, At that time, they didn't have wellness. Wellness was introduced a couple of years after. So yes, that was a bit annoying for me, but because I probably would have sat straight into wellness from day one. Um, But yeah, you just need to look at the criteria of the federation. Look at what the criteria are saying. Go to some shows, compare yourself to the girls that are winning um, and then make a decision on that. And also your coach will also guide you. Um, but one thing I've learned and one thing that you should do is always go with your strengths. So I've chosen wellness now because my strengths are my lower body. Um, and that's what's gonna, um, you know, I'm going to get marked on. So that's one of the reasons why I went, I've gone down the wellness route now. Um, who do you use for posing or do you just teach yourself? Never teach yourself. Um, there are some amazing posing coaches out there. There's Kayla, there's Emma Heidenham. Um, there are some amazing, amazing posing coaches out there. You need to invest in posing. The worst thing you can do is step on stage, like a million dollars, you know, stand out from the crowd and you start posing and you don't have a clue what you're doing. You're out of tune. You're out of sync. Your hands are going everywhere. Your feet are everywhere. You're wobbling. You're shaking. You know, posing is so important. Like I said, you can be, have the best physique on stage. If you don't pose properly, you will not win. Um, and it can really, really sort of ruin your chances of placing in that top three or top 10 or top five even. So make sure you invest in posing coaching. It's expensive, but it's worth it. If you're spending 80 quid a session on posing and it's working and you go on stage and you spend all that money for that one day, that posing is then worth it. You know, the cost of that posing is worth it, especially when you have a trophy in your hand. Um so please, please go and get a posing coach because they are one of the most important things of the whole of your process, okay? Um we're gonna go on to some more questions. Oh, I think a couple of the questions were the same actually. How did you how did you decide what category you were going to compete in and how did you decide the federation? So I've already said about the category, the federations. I basically my coach at the time just said, look, let's go into the deep end, and that was UK bff that was the top federation. Um at that point in time so you know go to watch some shows see the feel um i think you know going into a pca is fantastic uk dfba is an amazing federation as well mm-hmm. ifbb i wouldn't necessarily go there straight away to a two bros show because you do need like the standard is a little bit well it is better um and it sort of jumps up quite a lot so I would probably wait to step on the IFBB stage if you're just starting out to compete. Give it a few years, go on a PCA stage, whatever federations um, that you choose, and then you can move yourself up to IFBB if you wish. Um, what made you decide to compete, and how were you? And how old were you when you started prepping? Wow, that's I can't even remember how old I was. That's so bad. Um, right, so I. What made me start to compete was the fact I've been in sports. I think I might have covered, covered this in the first podcast, but in episode one, but um, I started to compete because I was very competitive in a lot of sports. Um, and then when I entered the fitness industry, when I decided to be- like become a PT, someone said to me, Chloe, your shape's fantastic. You know, you should really think about competing. And I was like, oh, no, no chance. What the hell? then I basically met that person's coach and the rest is history. Um, I've not looked back. And I think when you've been in a competitive sport or in that kind of sporting world, you know, you do look for things to, to sort of follow when you're older. And it's obviously, you know, with, with my athletics and stuff, I wasn't going to continue that to an older age. So I just, I needed to, and with my horse riding as well, like I wanted to just choose another sport. Um, and I think you're always looking for, for the next sport once you've finished, you know, the ones that you're doing when you're younger. So it's, you know, I think as well, you'll find a lot of people that are in the sort of top, top levels now, you know, they were either like gymnastics to a high level, you know, GB divers. Um, they've always got like a sporting background and it does help because you've got that mindset then to, to push through the challenging times you've already been in that kind of environment. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why I decided to compete. Um, I think I was like 24, 25 um, when I first started to compete. So yeah, like I wasn't too young. I'd done university. Um, I've had, you know, I've had my fun, which I think is quite important. Um, Obviously some people do, you know, compete at really young ages now, but I'm really glad I went to uni. I got a degree um, and I wouldn't have wanted to be prepping or sort of competing at uni because I wouldn't have known to have that fun when I was younger. I think that's quite an important aspect of someone's life to. Enjoy uni to its full, and um, yeah, get drunk with the hockey girls and play hockey and mess around. It was it was great fun. I don't regret a minute of it, um, and I came out with a really good degree with a two one. So, so so yeah. I mean, I do look back sometimes and think, oh, I wish I'd started bodybuilding younger. But we can always wish and you know what if and whatever. But or you know you, you can't think like that. So so yeah. How did you decide a bikini color? As there are so many. Do you know what I decided? I decided I'm not going to go with what everyone's wearing. My first year, I went with red. Um, and then my second year, I wore the red one for my first show my qualifier. Then I got a blue one, a beautiful blue. It's quite standy-outish blue. It wasn't, like a, it wasn't dark like navy. It was a little bit lighter and it had beautiful like silver crystals on. Almost magnificent. Then my third year... I got this flamey one done because no one else had had that before. This like this beautiful like it's almost like a flame going up my bikini, um, that stood out like hell. And then I got a lovely, beautiful pinky black one for the for the finals. So I think don't go with what the colour everyone's going for. That would make sense. Don't go with the, go, Don't go with the colour everyone goes for. You need to stand out from stage. Also, what colour do you normally wear? What colour suits you? You know, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't wear a yellow bikini, for example, because it would just wouldn't go with my skin colour or complexion. Um, so yeah, don't don't you know don't look into it too much. Um, if you if you go to a bikini. Um, people like companies, you can sort of look at their examples and things. Um, and you can actually go there and, and try bikinis on and you can decide what, what looks good on you and stuff. So yeah, the world is oyster when it comes to all the colors. Um, what are your top three tips you'd give to any first-time competitor? Well, I'll sum those up then, shall I? So don't don't put too much pressure on yourself, okay? Enjoy the day and stay in your own lane. And to be honest with you, that's that they're probably three tips i'll give to anyone as well um when you do get a bit more competitive as you you know get used to competing then you probably can expect to win sometimes but you never know what's going to happen because the sport is very subjective you know it's who turns up on the day who the judges like the most like i could see someone in a lineup of girls and think god i love that number let's say number six but then number 12 wins and number six doesn't even get placed So it literally just depends what the judges like. If they like you, if they don't like you, then, you know, that's just how the sport goes. It's a savage sport, bodybuilding. Um, (laughs) And we'll go to that in a second. We'll go into sort of what to expect when prepping. But yeah, they were the questions that I had. I hope that's helped some of you. Um, There were some very good questions, actually. So yeah. So um, I'm just going to go into now, like, the extremities of the sport and through prep, you know what to expect because I think a lot of people they want to compete because it gives them likes on Instagram. Um and you know you can get good interaction on your Instagram and your following can build, etc. etc. Now if you're competing for those reasons, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You know, it's it's quite an unhealthy sport to a certain extent, like with dieting and stuff. So if you're putting your body through that just for likes on instagram you're really choosing it for the wrong reasons um it is an extreme sport like i keep saying over and over again and it's a sport that you need to be 100 percent in you can't be sort of on the fence doing prep because prep itself um gosh there's so many there's there's so many positives but so many negatives to prepping so for example, you know, with females, you may lose your, your cycle. So typically when I've started to prep, um, if I'm, you know, I'm about six to eight weeks into a prep, my cycle will go and it'll be gone for a good four months. Um, depending on how long my prep is. And then post show, it will come back within the, you know, within that month of stepping off stage, which I'm very, very lucky for, but we need to, you know, you need to realize that is, in itself quite a worrying thing and you need to focus on getting your cycle back soon as you stepped off stage you know get those calories up um, and you know get that body body fat up because otherwise you're not just you're not going to to get your cycle back um, and that brings all sorts of problems down the line so and also for both females and males um, <laughs> unfortunately your your libido may drop quite significantly um having sex is the last thing you're thinking on prep um all you're thinking about is food when you get really really hungry you know it's just how it is and i think if you do live with your partner you just need to sit them down and tell them this because often i've heard you know boyfriends or girlfriends think that their partner is you know sleeping with someone else because they're just not touching them or interested in them it's not because they're not interested in you or them it's because your body is like at that point where it's like i have no energy i need to conserve all the, all the energy i have i can't be like letting energy go on to sex okay it's basically the body's way of coping and you just you're, you're so tired and exhausted you're so hungry you honestly just don't think about doing that kind of thing um so yeah so that, that's quite um that's something that you need to talk to your partner Um, about and realize yourself as well because you may think oh my god like i'm not feeling myself like it is because you're in such a calorie deficit most likely so so yeah um and in terms of the prep process itself a lot of females do need to go down to very low calories that's just how it is you will be starving someday some days you want to give up and this is this this goes to males as well you might be on the stairmaster master like i was in prep crying because you just you physically like feel so low in energy your mood is so low but you have to do it because you know that is in your plan and you need to get all those steps you need to get every single cardio session in. you need to get every single training session in you need to get every single calorie in everything needs to be spot on you know there's there's no room for error when we're prepping and I think a lot of people go in thinking oh you know it's all glitz and glamour you know, get to go on the stage in the beautiful bikini and makeup and hair done and look beautiful But actually like the lead up to that is flipping savage. It is savage. You will have days where you want to give up. Like I said, you will have sleepless nights. You will look like absolute death. Your face will look drawn in. You may not have, you know, a nice full physique like you're normally used to. You know, it's, there's so many things in prep that, that you need to be aware of. Um, You know, you might be very snappy as well. And you know it's quite difficult to to go out for food with people um at the beginning of prep I can sort of take my own food with me or I can ask the the chefs to let's say for example a chicken dish just don't cook it in butter um I won't have any sides I'll just have a salad as a side I'll have no chips or potatoes or anything you know you can sort of modify things but when you get close to stage honestly like you just I find it easier just not to go out because you're so hungry. You're not even good company anyway. (laughs) You know, you're a grumpy little bitch or a bastard. Um, It's, yeah, it's probably best just not to. And you've got to be aware that you will have to say no to social occasions. You will have to say no to holidays potentially because, you know, getting that lean and being on stage, it's so savage and it requires that much dedication and determination um, and some people can't can't deal with it and that's fine it doesn't make you a b- worse person if you can't compete it doesn't make you a hero if you compete you know it's not for everyone and that's what I say to people you know when they want to compete okay are you sure do you know the implications do you know what it takes do you know what's going to happen in prep do you know how you might feel post-show you know do you know that you have to stand in front of hundreds of people on a stage with a spotlight on you um you know and when you've got that spotlight on you, there's, you can't have any wobbly bits or body fat that, you know, unnecessary body fat because it will just show on stage. Um, and that's just the reality of it. I know that sounds quite harsh and extreme, but it's true. You know, when you're bringing stage condition, it's, it takes some serious work. It is one of the hardest, if not the hardest things I've ever done in my life is prep. My final prep in 2018 or my last prep, sorry, 2018 was the hardest prep i have ever done um, it was 900 calories for a long period of time it was an hour on the stairmaster every day it was sprints on the bike a few times a week it was 15 20,000 steps a day you know I, it was savage and i was still running my pt business so I was pt and clients getting up early teaching classes at Me fitness um, and i just felt drained but every single bit of every single moment of hell that I was going through was worth it because when I got on stage and won that British title that really you know that meant the world to me and if you've watched my videos you'll see me I just grabbed that trophy and I just cry because oh that was when I won the overall sorry and I just couldn't believe it um and then to you know do so well in 2018 it just made every single moment that I wanted to give up it just made it worth it you know and I thought you know giving up isn't isn't the answer I'm going to push through this and it was it was worth it. So. Yes, go into, go into prep strong, but just know that prep will sometimes get the better of you. But you just need to work with a really supportive coach, have a fantastic support network around you, friends, family. You know, like I said, they don't need to necessarily understand, but, you know, they will start to worry. Like my mum and dad used to say, my God, Chloe, you look really ill. I did look ill, but I was okay. And I kept telling them I'm okay. And then when they saw me on stage and saw me on show day, you know, it all made sense to them why I do it. Um so so yes, yeah. so I hope that's helped some of you. Um, you know, if you are on the fence about competing, when this whole COVID situation has gone, go to shows, go and watch people, follow people on Instagram that compete, you know, get a really good feel. Do you actually like it? Do you want to be on stage in front of hundreds of people? You know, or should you just do a photo shoot, you know? You don't have to compete, you know, competing isn't the be-all and end all, like I said, doesn't make you a hero, doesn't make you any better than anyone else. Um, and it's fine to say that competing is not for you. Okay. Cause some people have said to me that competing is not for them. That's fine. That doesn't matter. Okay. So don't put pressure on yourself. Um, and never ever compete for likes on Instagram, uh, because it will come back and bite you in the ass. So, so yeah. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to episode number two of the Limitless podcast. I hope that's helped some of you. If you have any questions at all, please do let me know. Um, And I look forward to talking to you all on episode number three, which I think I know what it's going to be, but I'm not going to reveal it just yet. So yeah. Anyway, guys, take care. Lots of love. Bye.